Hello and welcome everyone back to the Cardinal Coaching Solutions podcast. Wes Gow here coming to you on a nice overcast Sunday morning here in the mid-Atlantic in Virginia Beach. And once again, I'm up up early, the family's sleeping and firing up the microphone here. Wanted to share uh, wanted to share some thoughts on the heels of my birthday. That's right, my birthday. Let's see, today is uh, July 7th, my birthday it was a few days ago, July 4th. Can you believe it? I'm telling you, it's got to be the absolute best day to have a birthday. It really is. Uh, most everyone's off of work. There's always a barbecue somewhere. There's always fireworks somewhere. It's like a ready-made, uh, ready-made party day. All I got to do is show up. <laughs> It's wonderful, and I'm really blessed in that way. And we had a wonderful time. We tend to just um, just chill as a family. We took my, my youngest is uh, four years old, and so she stayed up late this year for her first fireworks display. And I'm telling you what, that look on her face, I captured it in a poor photo, but the glow of the very first firework that lit up her face as, as she's just staring in awe at these things is, um, well, that's an image I don't ever want to forget. That was amazing. It was beautiful. But yeah, my birthday. And so, well, well first of all, let me say this. Welcome. Welcome to those of you um, who are maybe listening in for the first time, because I think that's probably possible. Um, I think this will probably be the first episode that I uh, put out there on the social medias. Uh, so welcome to you. I'm going to share share some news uh, with everyone. And for those of you who are new, this in and of itself is news. Yeah, I'm I'm up to something. I've I've been doing this. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And um, the other news I'm going to share in just a minute here. But um, so I'm three days into the last year of my 30s. That's right. Turned 39 a few days ago on July 4th. Next year's the big one, so they tell me the big 4-0. And um, I gotta say, I I I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not anticipating a whole lot. I I don't know that I'm gonna feel much. Now a lot can happen in a year, of course. But when I look back on like previous birthdays that maybe otherwise would be milestones. So for example, 30 was uh, no big deal. Another day, another birthday felt no different. There was no kind of deep resonance. Um, 25, meh, no different. In fact, I hit my 25th birthday and uh, still wasn't married. No big deal. Um, even 21, meh, didn't feel like that big of a deal. Um, I remember 18, uh, you know, since my birthday's in July, I graduated high school at 17, which at the time was pretty unique for my class. So yeah, I thought that was cool. And, uh, and I remember hitting 18, like, yeah, okay, let's do this. But none of those birthdays held any kind of weight, any kind of resonance like one birthday did. And that was my 35th birthday. 35 rang in my soul like a gong 
It was like a hand grenade went off. It was like suddenly somebody hit the tornado siren in my soul. Warning bells. <laughs> I'll never forget. And, and if you were here locally, and I guess for those of you here locally, I could take you uh, exactly to the spot, the off-ramp from US 13 Northampton Boulevard getting onto Independence Boulevard heading towards Town Center. That little off-ramp right there coming down to that first stoplight at Pleasure House. It was actually right about this time. It was a few days after my birthday. It wasn't on my birthday. It was a few days after. So four years ago, this, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, like all these warning bells went off. And it wasn't anxiety. It wasn't fear. It was light bulbs. It was uh, deep soul awareness and resonance of I cannot do this anymore. And, and what I meant by that was this. I felt the weight of I'm halfway through my 30s. Okay, I'm halfway through my 30s. And it it's almost like, you know, I'm halfway through my life. I mean, you know, simple math here, double 35 and I'm at 70. And those two realizations, I'm halfway through my 30s. I'm, I'm maybe halfway through my best years anyway. Whew. I just landed heavy for me and... I had been uh, in a in a particular industry uh, leadership role in a in a nonprofit space, and I had gone through some changes in that space um, organizationally. Great people, um, great organizations. I had been feeling some unrest. I had been feeling some disconnect. I had been feeling what I would look back on now and 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 have language for it now that, yeah, the, the spirit had moved on and I was still there. And of course I felt the tension. Of course I felt the disconnect. But that moment at that stoplight was me going, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I can't be 40 and still doing this. I can't. I don't want to imagine who I'll be. I don't want to imagine what part of me is going to have to die or be locked away in order for me to still be doing this five years from now. The next milestone. And, uh, oh man, it was, it was intense. It was an intense moment. So that was a few days after the 4th of July, four years ago, 35th birthday. And, um, and about two months after that, uh, I put the wheels in motion to step out of that role. Uh, and, and I knew right then and there, like, what am I going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have absolutely no idea 
but I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. I can't be who I want to be. I can't become who I want to become and still do this. Uh, the soul part of me had has moved on and and um oh boy stepping out into unknown uh, from 35 to 37 those were um, those were the two hardest years uh, of my life no question not even close now by no means my first rodeo by no means my first taste of uh, discomfort, uh, trial, pain, unknown. But the stakes were higher then. Um, so I spent most of my 20s, back up for just a second here, I spent most of my 20s, my 20s were full of newness, new decisions, new places. I moved on from college. I moved down to the Florida Keys for my first job and, and you know, spent most of my life down there on the water or underwater. It was, it was an amazing experience. And then I moved up here to the mid-Atlantic. I took a new job teaching and did that for four years. And I started grad school, met new friends, new communities, left teaching and went into a new space uh, in, in, this, in this nonprofit space. Got married in my late 20s. Uh, we moved my wife and I moved shortly after, a year after that, uh, to a new place. And then we moved back. And so it was, it was just a lot of newness. It was a lot of exploration. We were, I was, and eventually we uh, were nimble. We were agile. We could flex easier. We could move. We could parry. We could go do this and go do that. And, um, but my 30s, my 30s was... Uh, the best way I can explain is is um, is growing into the shoulder pads of life. <laughs> so I have uh, well, I have I have the metabolism of an eleven year old, and 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 about the muscle structure of an eleven year old. I have. Um, the muscular physique of a wire hanger. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I so back up even further here. I went to high school at a really small, tiny private school in rural Florida. In order to field a team in any sport, like pretty much everyone had to play everything, which I did. Um, fortunately, I had some marginal athletic ability, and so I was able to, um, you know, to be a contributing member. <laughs> Of most teams instead of just a warm body. But football, man, I'll never forget the first time I put on shoulder pads and this helmet. And like, I mean, imagine hanging a pair of shoulder pads off a wire hanger. I mean, that's almost literally what it was like. I was tall and thin. I was by that time, probably 5'11". I'm, I'm 6'1 now, but I was tall, and I, I swear I think I remember being like 120 pounds in high school or something. Like just rail thin. Zero business being out on a football field. I mean, I would break in half. But I'll never forget like my first practice 
being out here and I've got these pads on and this helmet and these hip pads and these special pants with thigh and knee pads and like, dude, the first time I get, so I'm, you know, I'm on this, you know, receiving team and we're running these little routes, you know, it's just practice. And I remember the first time, you know, QB gets the snap, I go out for this route. I can hardly see, you know, I, I turn to find the ball and, and of course I, I miss it or I don't know what happened. But I remember thinking like, you got to be kidding me. How on earth is anybody supposed to move in these things, let alone catch anything? Uh, my 30s was filling out those shoulder pads of life. Because it got heavier. We bought a house. And and now suddenly we're not renting. There is no landlord coming to fix the dryer, fix the washing machine, fix the leak. Um, we have a yard now that requires maintenance. Certainly we have a mortgage. We had our first kid. Whoo! And now we're not sleeping, and there's no manual for this. <laughs> uh, and then we had our second kid. And, um, and actually, our youngest was three months old on that 35th birthday that I described to you. She would have been five months old when I stepped out uh, of this role that I was in into the unknown. So man, I say all that to say, yeah, stepping into that, those years of unknown, uh, was by far not my, by no means my first rodeo, but it was different. The stakes were higher. There was more to lose. We weren't nearly as flexible as we were. We weren't nearly as agile and nimble as we were. Those are the two hardest years of my life. Everything about my identity was, or most everything, um, just stripped away. Um, everything, most everything that I thought I knew about life, faith, hope, um, mm, it was all up in the air. It, it was like, it was like this, you know, one of these big trampolines in someone's backyard and it's and it's full of tennis balls. You know, and each of these balls is something that you thought you knew about life. What does faith look like? What does adulthood look like? What is your identity? And then someone just jumped off the top ropes <laughs> and landed on this trampoline and all those tennis balls go up in the air. And for two years... It was like this slow motion reel, reel where all these tennis balls are. They're up in the air. I, I don't know where they're going to land. I don't know. Some of them may not land back in the trampoline. Everything's up in the air. It's all on the table. I'm not sure about anything anymore. Rhythms that I had in place. Rituals. Cadences. Um, long-standing beliefs, all of it was on the table. I, 
so in the midst of two years of nonstop job searching and application and resumes and LinkedIn and cold call networking and no after no after no after no after no two years of that I processed all that I was feeling and experiencing in the form of story I started writing yeah I started writing I opened a Google Doc and started writing a story a story that I wanted to read a story that would capture what I was feeling and, and where I was in that time and, and what I was processing. You know, a, 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 pay, a couple paragraphs became a page and then a page became another page. And, and I would write, you know, I don't know, maybe a couple pages until I would, until I would be like, yep, Oh, okay, that thread dried up. I, I, I want to go to a new scene now. And so I would go to a new scene with a new character and start writing from their perspective. So it was story. It's fiction. Um, eventually, over time, uh, a couple pages became, well, I guess this is a chapter. I, you know, I, I don't know what makes a chapter. How, how do I know if it's a chapter? I don't know any of these things. I'm just writing. And all the while that I'm doing this, you know, I'm, I'm calling this episode Committees, Gatekeepers, and You. All the while that I'm doing this, I'm every, nearly, it seems like every time I open my computer to pick away at this thing that I'm doing, um, I'm asking the committee. I can hear it in my in my head. Uh, can I do this? Is this dumb? Who who am I? To, who do I think I am? Is this allowed? Is this how it's done? Is anybody gonna care? I'm asking the committee for permission. Quote you know air quotes around the committee. It was constantly there. Eventually, I just had to learn to forge ahead. I just had to go, I don't know, and I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. And I would get up early, just like I'm doing with this, and I would stay up late. Um, I would find it in the margins. And eventually... Eventually, over a, over two years, I had a thing on my hands. <laughs> I had a story. I had, I have a novel. Can you believe that? I have a novel on my hands. I wrote a thing. And I had to get comfortable with, damn the committee. <laughs> I don't care what the committee thinks. I'm tired of consulting the committee. I don't care what the tribe thinks. And, and at that time, I was on my way out of a tribe. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going to process. And eventually, I had to turn those asking the committee questions into kind of what I would recognize now as more deeper internal coaching-related questions. Questions like, 
who will I be if I don't do this? Questions like, what might I learn if I do? What might I learn if I go ahead? (laughs) Yeah, the committee. I think the proverbial committee stands in the way of a lot of creativity and a lot of learning. Asking permission. Eventually, I just had to get over that. I had to move past that. It doesn't matter. This is what I'm going to do. So that was two years of creating this book. So, I, I, gosh, I mentioned so many minutes ago that I have exciting news. Well, that's it. That's it. I have a novel. And I'm going to do something with it. And so speaking of doing something with it, I finished this novel. And, and then I spent um, a year looking for an agent. Because that's what you do, right? You, you stay in the swim lane and you now the next step is you find a literary agent. So I would, I would come home from work, be dad, let's do dinner, let's spend time together as a family, get the kids to bed, and then, and then I'd you know, sit on the couch and throw open the computer and, and look for an agent. And, um, and I wasn't just sending, well, I probably sent nearly, I don't know, probably close to 50 query letters. And when I said look for an agent, I mean, I, I did the homework. I really went and looked. I dug deep into their, you know, their agent profiles, their um, manuscript wish list, their Twitter feeds. Whoo! Yeah, talk about a dumpster fire. Um, anyway, we will not go down that thread. But uh, I dug deep into who they were, into some of their works, into just how I could craft a letter to them to really see if they might be interested in my story. And the whole time, with every email, with every query letter, with every, you know, bit of instruction that I had to follow, so this agent wants this format and this many pages attached or this many words in the body of the email, whatever... Every time I did that, there was something about me that just felt, ugh, it just, it just felt icky. Because here's what I had. I had done the work. I had spent untold hours, two years, taking a part of my soul and making this. I brought it to life. It didn't exist. It came from deep within my bones from 30 years of who I was, from how I grew up, the town I grew up in, who shaped me. All of that was in this manuscript here. And what I was doing was taking a part of my soul. Imagine, you know, this glowing blue orb cut in my cupped hands. And I was taking this part of my soul and walking around to people that I didn't know, uh, and and by the way, after I saw their Twitter feeds, I I don't know that I would want to know them. <laughs> uh, but I was taking this part of my soul in my hands around to people I didn't know, asking them, "Is this good? Do do you like this? Do." Do you want it? 
And it was fundamentally yucky. I didn't like that. And what I realized was I'm butting up against gatekeepers. And I don't like gatekeepers. I generally distrust them. So here, here is, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to go down that thread. Other than my personal experience was I, I don't, I, I just fundamentally don't like this. I'm, I've already gotten past the committee and I, and I created this thing. And now I'm taking my soul around and asking once again, Will someone else value this? Will someone else place a value on it? I didn't like that. Now, in the music industry, the gatekeepers are almost long since gone. Uh, it is it is expected now that that um, you know if 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 you want to make an album or make any kind of audio recording for the world, you're going to find a way to do that on your own. There, the, the days of you going out to find a label that's going to pay for you to go do this, that, that ship has sunk. And I think thankfully so. In the literary world, it, I, I believe that it is sinking, but there's still some gatekeepers. So the days of, of DIY publishing are, are catching up to what happened in, in the music space. Um, I, I know this because I did the same thing uh, with music. Uh, creativity is a big part of who I am. And so I, I write and perform music with a, a band, a, you know, a, a moniker, if you will, here locally. And years ago, I, I did that. I, I, once again, I created a thing. I consulted the committee all over again. What am I doing? This is crazy. Who does this? Is this okay? Who will care? And I just had to push through that and go, no, this matters. This is a part of my soul. It's a part of my legacy. These songs tell a story of who I am. They matter. And so I was able to lean back on that experience uh, in, in the writing space as well. Anyway, I took a year and looked for an agent while this manuscript sat, sat on the table. Um, and by the way, it went through, this has gone through probably close to a dozen revisions already. And some of you, even listening here, have read it. You've been a part of those edits, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, and every time I would get a copy of the manuscript back, I would make you know all of these edits, all these grammar corrections, and tie up some plot holes and things like that. Anyway... A year after consulting gatekeepers and f and doing it because it felt like, well, that's what you do, but all the while feeling yucky about it, um, guess what? Nobody opened their gate. Yeah. Nobody opened their gate. I had my story, my soul, and I went up to all these different gatekeepers and... And nobody wanted it. Now, I don't want to make that sound like you know boohoo pity party because, in all honesty, I mean the, <laughs> um, whew, the um, you know the ranks of unpublished authors. Uh, I'm I'm, you know, if that's you, uh, we're in good company. <laughs> um, so I I wouldn't say that I was necessarily surprised by that. 
other than I felt like, well, what do I do now? And I went through a year of, well, you know, the gatekeepers have spoken into this thing. And they've said no, and so I, I guess that's that. And so here I am on my, thir- you know, a few days removed from my 39th birthday. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's been new life breathed into this. And I'm going, no, wait a minute. This is part of me. This matters. It's, and, and I, I, I don't, it's going to sound weird when I first say this, but it's a part of my legacy. It'll live on after me. It will inform people of who I am or who I was in that moment, in that snapshot of my life. It's a part of my story that matters. And I'm going to do something with it. I'm going to bring it to life. I'm going to bring it across the finish line. It's going to see the light of day. So here I am in my 39th year, the last year of my 30s, of of learning how to just fill out these shoulder pads of life, how to move under these things. My gosh, how do you have a job and a kid? How do you find time to be an adult? You know, the same questions I'm asking as I'm running this passing route in high school. How do you move under these things? In this last year, I'm going to publish my novel. (laughs) How about that? I'm going to publish it. It's going to happen. I've already started the research. I'm going to find a way to do it. I'm going to bring it to life. I've already bought the website domain. Um, It's going to happen because it matters. And I'm excited about it. Uh, The story, I'm not going to reveal too much about it. Uh, right now because, you know, it's it's not all fully ready to launch. But I'll say a few things about it. It's, um, it's the kind of story that I want to read, that I'm a fan of. Uh, I'm a fan of the kind of suspense that challenges reality. So if you think, um, I don't know, let's broad, but I'll give you some examples. So, so for example, Stranger Things. On Netflix, huge fan of that series. There's suspense. There's unknown. There's uh, monster. There's fear. Um, it never dips into um, horror, but it challenges reality. Um, some of uh, some of M. Night Shyamalan's uh, work, um, particularly think of something like the movie Signs. I'm trying to think of some of his others that he's kind of gone off the rails, but um, at least in my opinion. Anyway, Signs challenges uh, reality, um, challenges what you thought you knew. And, and so that's, that's in my story. It's the story of my hometown. It's fundamentally, it's a story of healing, of coming to terms with, of facing down, of moving on. But it includes, it incorporates uh, monster, um, forces, legend, and, and really does so 
from the angle of challenging challenging what you thought you knew which again you've hopefully that phrase sounds familiar because that's exactly what I went through uh, so in many ways this story is is um, it's me rediscovering uh, who I was in that period um, so I'm so just tickled by it. it's 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 not going to change your life by any means, but it's a part of my life and I want it to exist. And, and once again, when it came to this portion of gatekeepers, I had to, I had to dig deep and begin asking myself these coaching related questions that are, well, who, who will I be if I don't do this? What might I learn if I do what would shift if I were the gatekeeper? What permission do I need to grant myself? Like these questions that are digging me deeper into myself and um, dredging up new awareness, new perspectives. You know, what beliefs do you have about this West that are limiting you? Hmm. All questions that I've learned uh, to incorporate, all coaching questions that I've learned to incorporate um, into my own practice, um, I had to turn onto myself. And uh, I'm so excited. I'm excited to share it with you. So anyway, maybe that's you. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a committee holding you back. Maybe there's a, a search for a gatekeeper holding you back. And this is by no means like, you know, poo-pooing traditional publishing routes. Um, if, if, the, if that's what you want to do, uh, go forth and do. Um, I'm only sharing the part from my perspective where I had to get past the committee and past the gatekeepers and discover truly what I wanted. I mean, there there's another... <laughs> there's another... Uh, resonating coaching question what is it that you really really want and for me it was I want to share this story it wasn't I want a career as a as a fiction writer uh, you know it wasn't I want you know generational wealth from a novel um, fundamentally what I wanted was I want to share the story and so that realization has shaped the action, uh, the actions that I'm sharing with you. So anyway, yeah, committees, gatekeepers, and you. Who will you be if you don't? What might you learn if you do? What would shift for you if you were the gatekeeper? What do you need to give yourself permission to do? Good stuff. Thank you guys uh, for listening, for discovering, and um, I will be sure to share more uh, this year. And it's all about the learning. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of Cardinal Coaching Solutions. If you're interested in learning more about any of the topics we discussed today, or if you'd like to investigate working with me as a coach, please visit www.cardinalcoachingsolutions.com and connect with me personally over email at wes, that's W-E-S, at cardinalcoachingsolutions.com. I offer my first session absolutely free, and I'd be honored to help get you going. I can't wait to hear from you.